So we shared a hotel room on tour. Yes. What was the best and worst thing about sharing a hotel room with me? I mean, we laughed. We had so much fun and like it was silly. It was I mean, the worst part was like there was just nowhere to take my dog for a walk, if you know what I'm saying. Oh the dog was locked away in the kennel. everyone. Hello, down bitches and new friends. You know, I welcomed all of our new listeners that we might have. And I said, welcome to where Joey Taranto and I, but I forgot to say my name. My name is Ellen Marsh. In case you don't know, I don't know who you are. I don't know your lives. I don't know what you're doing with your time. Never heard of her. Welcome to I Think Not, the show where me, Ellen Marsh, Ellen Marsh, and Joey Taranto. Joey Taranto. Recap your favorite true crime shows. Whether they're dark and morbid or silly and goofy in camp, we are here to go through the catalog of all of your favorite shows from all of your favorite networks that you actually didn't even know existed. Yeah, from your favorite Nextworks. Did I say Nextworks? <laughs> this <neck> works, y'all. <laughs> I don't know what you've heard, but this neck. It works. Well, we just came back from the first leg of our tour. And let me tell you, I got two things to say. Number one, we have the best listeners in the world. It was so fun, fast, and furious. We got to hug all of your faces, but I got a story to tell you all. So at our second show in Chicago, we were at Zany's in Rosemont. And we heard that there were two people that just came to see a comedy show. Yeah. A woman was like, you know... I just love true crime. I fall asleep to true crime every night. I'm like, what are your dreams like? Ma'am, if you're listening, I hope you're okay. So in came Eric and Amy from Connecticut visiting Chicago, not knowing a thing. I mean, this is a next level drag along. They didn't know a joke. They didn't know Sharon. They didn't know Bobby. They didn't know anything. And I am telling you, they were the best Sports. They were, and at the end, they came and took a picture with us. They bought merch. I was like, oh, we got, we got you guys. They followed us on all socials, but it was so funny because we're, you know, we're here, and we're fun, and we're funny, but we're niche. Yeah, I mean, listen, also, let me tell you, it is so fun after the show to just see everybody hug them and squeeze them. Everybody's just, we just have the best listeners, and everybody just embraced our show and our performances. It was fun. I mean, listen, if you have not seen us live, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And to come into that not knowing what you're coming into. They it didn't was- know anything. They were just like, two tickets for the big top, please. <laughs> they had, it was like, doo, 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 doo. Yep. so Eric and Amy, we love you. They could, they could not have been better sports. They were lovely, but this is a lot to walk into. It was a lot to walk into. Unprepared. I feel bad for them. But if you do feel like you, you want to hang out with us a little more, you can also find us on the Patreon. That is where we do all of our series, and we have a back catalog of over 150 episodes for you to download and binge, and we're just going to keep on going. Someone at some point is going to tell us to stop. I don't know who, I don't know when, but Listen, we're, we're going to keep going until they do. In the words of Miley Cyrus, can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> you can go to ithinknotpod.com. And you can click on the Patreon link, and that will open up some nonsense that you didn't even know you needed or wanted. And then, you know, call your therapist and get your head checked and wonder why you want to do that. (laughs) Our episode that we are covering this week is called I Killed My BFF. And we're talking about Season 2, Episode 6, and it's called Alabama Love Triangle. For years, you would have thought Butch and Richard were like brothers. We work with each other. 
We live with each other. We party with each other. You saw one, most of the time you saw the other. I loved him like the brother I never had, but always wanted. They went from being best friends in just a matter of months to one of them killing the other one. I knew from the beginning this was a recipe for disaster. I mean, dude lock, you don't mess with another man's woman, you know. I killed my BFF in a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> in Nashville, Nashville Tennessee. Tennessee. I know. Here we are on December 2nd, 1986, in a place called Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Wait, can we talk about what happened in 1986? Let's do it. Okay. Well, the the one thing I remember that I'll always remember is the Challenger disaster oh. in 1986. But also the Oprah Winfrey show started and a little show debuted in London. Do you want a, a sneak peek? In sleep he sang to me, in dreams he came. Phantom of the Opera debuted in London in 1986. Okay. All right, let's see if he goes there. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, she's not even warm. <laughs> Do you know the first Mardi Gras in America happened in Mobile, Alabama? Yes, I do. <gasps> yeah, I thought you would argue with me. No. But yeah, it happened in 1703 and New Orleans wasn't even a city until 1718. That's right. And Alabama will fight you for that title. Google is your friend. I know. You love a Google. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp and, and Google. Google. Also, one of my favorite movies of all time takes place in Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama? No. What? Nothing. You stick out like a sore thumb around here. <laughs> Nate, what about you? I fit in better than you. At least I'm wearing cowboy boots. Oh, yeah, you blend. Iconic. Still ain't seen it. My Cousin Vinny. I've never seen we it. We need to make this a priority. Anyway, I can't believe you haven't seen My Cousin Vinny. Carry on. Okay, so here we are in 1986, Muscle Shoals. The thing about Muscle Shoals is that it was home to Fame Studios, where Aretha Franklin recorded Do Right Woman, Do Right Man there. Etta James recorded Tell Mama. Tell Mama. <laughs> all about it. Tell Mama what you need. She recorded it in Muscle Shoals. Tell Mama. How did you know that? I Googled it. Oh, okay. I Googled it. And also the Staple Singers recorded I'll Take You There. I'll Take You There. Yep. That one? Oh, wow. So fucking random. Think about it. I haven't. I was on just routine patrol, me and my partner, and we received a call from dispatch that they had a shooting victim at 208 Colorado. We meet retired Sergeant Boyce Nesbitt, that is such a Southern name, of the Muscle Shoals Police Department. And on this day, he and his partner are out patrolling when they get a call from the dispatcher that there has been a shooting in a home. Yeah, and they pull up and there's a carport the only time I remember talking about a carport was from the Tara Grinstead episode. Do you have carports in Louisiana? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I never knew what a carport was. Really? We don't have them in California. What's the point of them? It protects your car from bird poop and the and sometimes the elements. Okay. There you go. I don't know. Also, you know I love accents. You know I love Southern accents. Yeah. The more I hear accents, they are so specific. This Alabama accent 
is so specific. I used to roll. I love it. You know I, I mean? love it. It's, you gotta like put like a little bit of a couple marbles in your mouth. And yeah. Then talk oh with yeah. An We're gonna meet one of these guys. He needs subtitles at all times. So we broke the glass door out of the hardwood door and entered the house. It didn't look like there had been a struggle or anything. They were just a victim laying in the hallway. He had a shotgun laying on the body. So they can't get into the house, and they end up breaking in. And Sergeant Boyce is looking around. There's not really a sign of a struggle. And then he stumbles upon a victim of the shooting lying on the floor of the hallway with a shotgun that had clearly been placed on this person. Now, the narrator is an Alabamian? I don't know, because the narrator says, There's an unspoken set of rules among men where we live by the code. And if someone strays, there's a chance you might die by it. Uh, what are what are those rules? Uh, well, is is uh, and it's, uh, I, just, I th- you don't look at each other's dangling while you're going to the bathroom. That's right. And is when that- you go to the men's room, you don't go to the urinal next to your friend. You got to go two urinals down. Oh, I actually, you know, I I grew up with brothers. I actually do know one of the guy codes, and the guy code is that if you die while lifting weights. You put more weights on the weight before you call 911. <laughs> yeah, that's the rule. That is, it's, that's, that's the guy code rule. It's good to know. Yeah. What was he, ben- why was he benching 500 pounds? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's what he happened. He's really strong. He's a strong man. Okay. That's the rule. Weird. That's the guy code. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. As close of friends as Butch and Richard were, I could never dream that either one of them would hurt the other one. We meet a woman named Donna Meyer, and she's here to talk about her brother, Butch. You know I have an Uncle Butch, right? Yes. Seven kids, all named with a T. Troy, Travis, Tracy, Teresa, Tony, Tina, and Tammy. There's a Tony and a Tina? Yeah. Wow. So Donna says that her brother Butch and a guy named Richard were the best of friends. So close that she could never imagine one of them hurting each other. Dun, yep. dun, dun. Yeah, and then the police officer Oof. said he didn't believe that this crime that happened that we're going to talk about was a crime of passion. He said it was a crime of jealousy. I was like, mm, yeah, that is same, same thing, thing. my That's, guy. That, that is a that is a crime of passion. But Joe Marshall is here, uh-huh. and yeah, well, he's kind of here. He was <laughs> Butch's and Richard's friend, and he's going to be one of our talking heads throughout. Now, I am not being an asshole. I'm really not, because you know I love accents. I had to rewind this man speaking so many times. I don't know if I was listening to his story or I bought a set of steak knives through the TV. Yeah. Because he says something like this. I believe if you leave your house mad with a gun that you got to know it can happen. I put on subtitles and the subtitles were just question marks. Also, I have questions about that statement. I'm just like, so the moral of the story is don't go to bed angry and never leave your house angry with a gun. Uh, There's quite a few sayings on this episode that I'm like, I guess it's local to Muscle Shoals. Yeah. But yes, this man is, he's got more than several marbles in his mouth. Yeah. So let's go back in time. Let's go back and see what the heck we're talking about here. So we hear about how Butch and Richard became friends. Then we get a little background on Butch. Well, first of all, we have reenactment Butch and reenactment Richard, Mm -hmm. who can both get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are very good looking. And it seems like we're narrating through their eyes. Which is like something that we haven't experienced. experienced before. It's almost like it's we're telling the two guys' story in the first person. 
I think it's kind of cool, actually. It was. It took me a second to get used to it yeah. because both reenactment actors are here, but they're narrating their story as yeah. they go, and they're going back in and the forth. first person. Yeah, but like they're dubbing over the reenactments. It's very odd. Yeah, but well, okay. I'm like, all right, I'll get on board with this. I killed my best friend. I was born and raised in Center Star, Alabama, not too far from Muscle Shoals. Growing up, it was three of us. We have an older sister. I was in the middle, and Butch was the baby. He was really a mama's boy. So Butch was born and raised in Center Star, Alabama. He was the baby. He had two older sisters, and he was a mama's boy. Mm -hmm. Now, Butch didn't really care for school. Same. So he dropped out, got a job at a service station, and eventually he got his GED. Yeah, and they all worked at a paper mill, and they loved their job. Joe Marshall, the man with the marbles, he's back. It's still the subtitles. He says they all worked together. Life was simple. They worked hard. They party hard, and they had wild Alabama nights. Wild Alabama nights. And they say Butch was fun, fun loving, and they love football and they were a close group of guys. Yeah, and they also say like Butch didn't really have a mean bone in his body. Mm-hmm. Also, to say like these jobs were coveted. They were union jobs. Mm-hmm. They paid well. They're, they're doing good in Muscle Shoal. So this is when Butch met Richard and they became pals and a confidant. Butch and I worked at different ends of the production line. But it's a small world there, and I guess we were destined to meet. My first impressions of Richard were that he was, you know, pretty strong-willed, you know, leader kind of person. Now, friend Doug says that Richard was a pretty strong-willed person. I don't know what that's like. And definitely a leader, very outspoken. And Richard was from Decatur, which is about 20 miles outside of Muscle Shoal. And he was the son of a farmer, and he was used to working hard with his hands. Hot. What is in the water in Alabama? These guys are all real hot. But they say Richard was a little aggressive. He never backed down from a fight. No. And one day, but- and he's hot-headed. Yeah, hot. I thought you were just going to say hot. That too. So Richard met Butch this one day, and Richard had showed up with a black eye. He really cared about his looks. He was a handsome guy. And Butch kind of like razzed him about the black eye. So they didn't, he was just like, uh, keep an eye on him. But then a couple weeks later, Butch walked into work with With two two black black eyes. eyes. (laughs) And they were like, okay, I think we're probably friends. Yeah. And they did. I mean, they became close. So close that they were inseparable. They were drinking, hanging out, braiding each other's hair. Doing each other's nails. Playing Never Have I Ever. (laughs) Now, they feel the need to talk about these two men's sizes a lot. They say Richard was like a taller, larger dude, athletic and well-kept, whereas Butch was shorter, stockier, and friend Doug said, that man never brushed his hair. (laughs) Never. Nary a comb in that house. But, speaking of houses, they decided to become roommates so they could spend all their days together. Yeah, so they went to Crate and Barrel. They Uh, bought an ottoman and a globe to store their alcohol in. A apothecary table. That's right. Apothecary table. (laughs) You know, one from the days of yore. um, (laughs) You can smell the potions. And that one was from yesteryear. (laughs) Butch was renting an apartment in a place called the Village Green. Richard lived exactly across the street. Butch subleased his apartment to me so he could move in at Richard's. Everything was working swell. Butch already had an apartment and a lease, and he's like, damn it. I want a room with Richard so bad, I'm going to sublet out my apartment so that we can spend all of our days and nights watching 
Alabama football. Huh? We got to take a minute. Roll Tide. I did a show at the Alabama Shakespeare Festival when I was pregnant with Lola. Don't get it twisted. It was a great company. And I learned two things. Number one, Alabama does not fuck around with their football. Fuck no. And number two, number one. <laughs> that Hardcore. Yeah. Is Hold on. Is this thing on? <laughs> Roll Tide. Yeah. What is happening in Alabama? The amount of love, passion, and just absolute craziness they have for the spectator sport of college football. I don't get it. I don't need to. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. I mean, well, let me tell you. You know, I I actually am a football fan. Like, I enjoy watching. But I'm more of an NFL person, and it's usually with, like, friends or family. I'm not, like, every Sunday alone, you know, watching a, a Saints game. But college ball? It is crazy. It is crazy. The only two things that Alabama has given us is Bama football and Bama Rush TikTok. Ooh. That, I will be accepting no more questions at this time. I wish I cared about anything as much as people from Alabama care about football. I mean, it's a very exciting thing for them. They, lo- It's everybody. What do we love? Dick? I do love dick. You know what? I love Jesus and dick. I learned real quick that Richard had a nickname of a fool. And I soon found out why. We called him Foo. The locals that he grew up with, I mean, that's what they called him. Foo. A lot of times it fit him. We find out that Richard had a nickname of Fool. They called him Fool because he loved to act like a fool. They were like, Richard had a nickname. I was like, hmm, I wonder if it's sport or pretty boy because yeah, he's, you know, right. loves his luck. Shiner. No, I appreciate the succinctness yeah. and the specificity. Well, they tell us why. Well, now- yeah, the, the nicknames that get straight to the point. Well, very straight to the point. This man was very trigger happy. He yeah. loved to shoot a gun. Yeah. Also, his brother lived across the street from him, and he used to like to play target practice with a bow and arrow on his brother's front door. Yeah. Fool. What? Do you? I actually have a really good nickname for my ex-husband. What is it? It's just pretty on the nose. What is it? It's called Toxic Motherfucker. <laughs> mm. It's just like, I just like the on the nose ones. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's right to the point. It's just like a sweet little pet name that I have. I think it really encapsulates his personality. Yeah. (laughs) As a young kid, I had fallen out of a tree and broken my back. The summer I spent in that body cast lit a fire in me. I got real into karate. Everybody knew how Butch felt about Bruce Lee, so they had just start calling him Butch Lee because he was so dedicated to karate. Now, Butch, he didn't fool with guns as much, but he loved karate. He was obsessed with Bruce Lee, and when he was a kid, he fell out of a tree, broke his back, and spent the summer in a cast, and he's like, you know what? After this summer, I'm going to become a strong motherfucker, and I'm going to learn karate. And he, like, really focused on martial arts. So he looked, like, not intimidating, but if you fucked with him, that man will rip your head right off. Well, you know my mom is a triple black belt in karate. She's a sensei belt. Okay, I can, all right, here we go. You've done this. Why would I ever believe you? Wow. All I have to say is wow. No, not wow. Because you did this. I never know what to believe with you anymore. My mom is a triple black belt in karate. Let's hear. She is a sensei belt. Hi, sweetie. Hi, mommy. How are you? Good. How are you? Hi, honey. Guess what? What? Joey doesn't believe you're a triple black belt in karate. Really? Yeah. Why would he not believe me? Because your daughter has a habit of lying to me. Not even including your taekwondo. What is your karate belts? Third degree. And what else? First degree taekwondo. 
first degree black belt taekwondo. Yeah, yeah. And you have a sensei belt. Yes, of course. That goes without saying. When I became a second degree black belt, I received my sensei belt. Wow. You know, I have a degree too. Do you? Yeah, it's in butt stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a sensei in butt stuff. Mom, how long have you been doing karate? Um, oh, let's see, uh, 20 years, maybe? How have you never kicked Ellen's ass? (laughs) (laughs) Also, karate is for self-defense, not for fighting, right? The disciplines are respect, honor, and personal accountability, right, Mom? Wow, you know a lot, yes. You never use it to hurt anybody. You only use it to defend yourself. And have you ever had to use it to defend yourself? Not in uh, in real life. I've had to, I've had to fight for my testing to earn all of my levels, but I've never had to. Uh, How many push-ups did you have to do for your black belt? One hundred. A hundred push-ups. Wow. She can only stop once, right, Mom? Right. So I stopped at fifty and then did another fifty. Wow. Can you believe Joey didn't believe you? Isn't no, he a it's horrible not that, it's person? Not that I didn't think your mom wasn't capable oh, of it. Joey, how could you not believe it? Well, do you believe I'm a sensei and butt stuff? <laughs> yeah. I believe anything you say. Thank you. Thank you, Mom. All right, love you. I cannot believe you did not believe me. Well, quit lying to me. Anyway, martial arts should not be used as a weapon. Here no. we go. When Butch and Richard and myself would hang out socially away from the paper mill, if it was, you know, summertime, we'd be down at the swimming pool. We're in Richard's boat out on the river. In the evenings, it would be getting cleaned up and chasing the women. The other thing that these two men shared was a love for chasing women. And this mm-hmm. is where we're going to take a stroll down chauvinist lane. Yeah. Okay? Because the way they talk about women on it this is, episode. It's pretty gross. So Butch and Richard were single at the time. And their friend Doug, who's here, they all loved women. Now, Butch had no trouble getting women because he and Richard was like nervous around women. But it's all about the charm. And, you know, Butch just kind of had a way. Now they tell us about dude law. But when it came to women, there were definitely some ground rules. Dude laws, we called them. Never leave your buddy hanging for a woman. A closed door means a chicken in the coop. And finally, don't go fishing in another man's pond. Let me tell you something. Oh, tell me what you know about women's ponds. With gay men? Those rules would never work. Yeah. Because we have all slept with the same people. It is a cesspool of <laughs> just some homosexuality mixed in with Everyone golden girls. Everyone in New York is one degree to another man's butt. That is a fact. <laughs> Somebody stitched that on a pillow. It's very true. I'm like, trust me, your friend group. And it's not like gay men are going like, oh, you slept with him. I slept with him too. It's not like that. It's more like you're at brunch and like, well, I wonder if you, I'm going on a few dates with this guy named Butch. You're yeah. like, Butch. Williams? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's so casual. I've been there. I've been privy to those conversations. Yep. So we learned that they go out a lot. Sometimes they go down to the beach. I think that's what that man was saying. I don't know. Lots of times they'd go to Gulf Shores, Panama City, places like that. What? I don't know. Who allowed this man to be a talking head? It's like the guy from Waterboy. He's very not. I I just don't understand it. Maybe they have like a babble course for it. I don't know. Also, I'm always fascinated by people whose mustaches are so long that it goes over Over, both lips. Yeah. It's It's, like that cartoon. Yosemite Sam. Yeah. It's like weird. I don't like it. I'm also like, how do you make out with anybody? I was going to drive back to the beach myself, but it was a long way. 
So I decided to mix up a pitcher of margaritas and sit by the pool instead. And that is how I met Candy. So Richard meets this woman named Candy, and everyone is in firm agreement about how beautiful Candy was. When I hear the name Candy, mm-hmm. I can't, when I hear Candy, I can't help but think of that Foxy Brown song, Candy. Do you know it? I think, I want candy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I taste just like candy. Mm-mm. It is funny that you just said Foxy Brown because Richard actually says she could win any Foxy Lady contest. <laughs> I was like, what is the contest? What are the rules? I don't know. What is the prize? When we went out, Richard tended to rely on me to help him reel in the fish. But I have to hand it to him. He netted this one all himself. And she was a caper. So a lot of times Butch used to help Richard get women, but Richard got candy all by himself. Good for you. And Richard starts spending a lot of time with candy. Well, they fell in love. Yeah. And things got serious between them. And now friend Doug says at the time Richard was doing very well for himself. Financially. Yes. And he thinks that that was part of the reason that maybe candy fell for him, which I mean, what's wrong with wanting a successful partner? Yeah. Now, Richard and Butch made the same amount of money, but Butch was just really bad, bad. with money. Yeah. And Richard, I mean, yeah, I, we see that all the time. But Richard had like an apartment, a brand new car. He had like nice things. And now he had a beautiful woman. So Richard and Candy move in together and they start looking for a place because two's company, three's a crowd. Yeah. So they move into an apartment complex and Butch is like, wait for me. I literally was going to say the same thing. He's like, wait up, you guys. Where are we going? We're moving to that apartment complex. How about I move downstairs? Yeah, that's weird. <gasps> sounds like a great idea. I this don't like that. This sounds like a great idea. So Richard and Butch's mutual friend, Doug, becomes Butch's roommate and they live directly below Richard what and Candy. Could go wrong. That's I don't, the end of the story. And, and then, they lived happily, live happily ever after. And that's how Melrose Place started. <laughs> after Richard and Candy started seeing each other, uh, you know, we started seeing less and less of Richard. He was either staying upstairs more so with her or they were going places, but we just kind of saw less and less of Richard. And pretty soon, they got married. So Richard was really happy with Candy, and his life changed, and of course, they saw less of Richard, and then Richard and Candy got married, which is great. I am happy for them. I am happy when anybody gets married. I really am, because you have now made the choice to annoy only one person in your life, and that takes perseverance. Here's my recommendation. If you get married, sign a prenup. Mm-hmm. Sign a pre. Did you have a prenup? No. Oh. We didn't have anything. Okay. You know, uh, other than my dignity. And I did lose that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Let's work on getting irreplaceable. <laughs> I just personally like to annoy a lot of people. So I could never just annoy one person. <laughs> I have a lot. Exclusively. Yeah, I have a lot. Get a prenup that says what's mine is mine and what's yours is yours. The end. And whatever we acquire together, we split. You know that monologue from When Harry Met Sally? Then you'll end up fighting for it at the law offices of That's Mine and This Is Yours. <laughs> I don't know. That's good, though. He ran into Helen. <laughs> but Butch is really happy for Richard, even though things have changed. Yeah. And I know I joke a lot about marriage and stuff like that, but your life does change. Your priorities change. Everything does change. Yeah. Right around the time that Richard and Candy got married, I'd made the mistake of growing too attached to one of the women I had been dating. I was kind of down about it. Because of my friendship with Richard, Candy and I had started growing close. 
She did her best to cheer me up, and from time to time, we'd go dancing. During that time, Butch started dating someone pretty seriously, and he had just gone through a breakup. And he was heartbroken. He was really heartbroken, but guess who was there for him? Richard's wife, Candy. Candy. They hung out a lot. I taste just like candy. I want candy. <laughs> yeah, they were hanging out. Butch and Candy got close. I just did the this emoji. Yeah. I literally wrote that in my notes. You know, oh. let me tell you something. We want our partners to be friends with our best friends, but there is a fine line. Yeah. And like, they would go out dancing together and Richard didn't like to dance, but you know, we were told by Joe, he'd like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> means he loved to get out and cut a rug and on the dance floor. And so, you know, Candy was consoling him through all this. And then it turns out that Things between Candy and Richard, they weren't all that great either. So they ended up consoling each other. Yeah, Candy sort of confided in Butch that they were having issues. You know, they had gotten really, they'd gotten married really quickly. Yeah, doing the Macarena with someone will bond you. Yeah, don't do the Macarena and yeah. don't get married quick or get married quick. I don't care. There's people out there eating Tide Pods. Why am I? <laughs> Who cares? Are people still doing I that? don't know. I saw a TikTok on it the other day. Oh, that some, Oh, yeah. I'm going to stop telling people what to do. Do what you want, everyone. From here on out, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to take all my fucks and multiply it by zero. And there you yeah, go. Don't. I'm not telling anybody what to do either, except let me trim your bangs. <laughs> I knew I had nothing to worry about. Butch was a ladies' man, but he'd never be caught breaking the law. Dude law, that is. But here's the thing. Richard trusted Butch, mm -hmm. right? He never had any reason to really think something could be weird. They're friends for nine years at this point. Now, remember, Butch and Doug lived downstairs from Richard and Candy. And Doug was like, yeah, I would come home and find them sitting on the sofa a little too close with each other. And Doug was like, I think you might be playing with fire, my friend. Yeah. Butch was overprotective of Candy. More than that, he was scared for Candy. Then, narrator reenactment Alabama voice says, Just like most women, she was being oversensitive. How did I miss that? You missed that? I hate that trope. I don't think women are oversensitive. I, I am. Either. I am definitely not oversensitive. I pretty much only worry about two things. What? I worry about everyone on the planet and what they think of me <laughs> at all times and sports. Is crying a <laughs> I worry about everything. It every is now, yeah. baby girl. Yeah, women are so emotional Let me and tell you, oversensitive. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't subscribe to that. I feel like men are pretty emotional. They just, like, they hide it. And that's yeah. why they have heart attacks and die. Yeah. How's your dad? <laughs> Not great, turns out. I told my mom that last night. My mom and I were on the phone. And she said, I always thought that I would die before your dad, I was like, oh, no, there's a reason why women live longer than men. And she goes, why? I said, because men of a certain age do not talk about their feelings. They keep everything inside and it kills them. She goes, okay. What a fun conversation. <laughs> and you didn't three-way me in? How weird. I had heard that there was a lot of fighting between the two, Richard and Candy. What I had heard, he was pretty controlling with her. My impression was that the marriage wasn't going to work, you know, and I think Candy was looking for a way out, and I believe she was trying to get Butch to help her find that way out. Butch's sister says that everyone kind of heard that Richard was a little bit of controlling yeah. and that they indeed did fight a lot. You know how I love that. Yeah. You know how I love when men are real controlling of women. So it was speculated that 
She wanted out. Candy wanted out. She was looking for a way out. Yeah. Now, I don't know what Butch was thinking, but one day in the locker room, he pulls out Candy's driver's license. He shows it to friend Joe, you know, the one with the marbles in his mouth. Mm -hmm. And he says, what do you think of my new girlfriend with his finger over the name? And Joe says, uh, she's real pretty, but ain't that Richard's wife? Yeah. And Joe's like, I think Butch forgot. I have met this woman before. Yeah, he's like, I might be stupid, but I'm not dumb. I know (laughs) that is Richard's wife. And then we learn that Butch knew he was breaking the dude law. He's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because Candy was actually spending more time with Butch than she even was with Richard. It wasn't like they were just going dancing anymore. And then when Richard and Candy did spend time together as man and wife, they were fighting. Well, in fact, Richard had started to become somewhat violent with Candy. And Butch and Doug could hear the fighting and screaming upstairs. And it got so bad that Butch was like, I'm moving. That that would upset anyone, yeah. honestly. So Butch went and rented a house. And Richard was relieved because he was like, all right, with Butch gone... Candy and I can rebuild our relationship and things will get better. And the opposite happened. Things just got worse. Yeah, Candy was like, uh, goodbye to you. I'm going to move in with my parents. And here's this restraining order. See you, sucker. And so things are getting dicey, y'all. And Candy and Butch are like, let's go away for the weekend. But let's first stop at friend Joe's to grab something. And Candy waited in the truck. And y'all, this is a small town. Your worst nightmare. People see shit. Your and, small town. Yep, and they talk at the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. They were going to the Smokies. Yeah, is that is that Smoky Mountains are in Gat like in Gatlingburg? I thought that was in Tennessee. Isn't that what Dolly Parton sings about all the time? Yeah, but they're in northern Alabama, so they're not far from Tennessee at all. Look at you knowing geography. <laughs> when we were on tour, Joey's like, "Where did you come from?" And someone would be like, "Indiana," and he'd go, "Is that far? Is that close? Is that cl- how far is it? Is I that- drove from Ohio." I'm like. Oh, is that he didn't? He didn't oh, 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 is that? Seventeen hours. <laughs> Somebody was like, "I drove from Wisconsin." I was like, "Now I don't mean to sound rude." <laughs> hey, really? But did that take you a week to get here? Because I don't know geography. Well, look at you. You just knew where the Smoky Mountains were. But the were. South is different. I know where the South is, but like the Midwest it's, is. When... It's at the bottom. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And if you. there's one thing I know, it's how to find uh, the bottom. Okay. I walked okay. That and one. so I. But the Midwest is, like, very confusing for me. Like, I didn't even realize how close Illinois is to us. Illinois, Xanders. <laughs> so, what is this show called? <laughs> so, people saw Butch Baby, with candy. Yeah, yeah, front page news when a squirrel falls out of a tree in a small town, okay? You can't, you've got to be sneaky. Yeah. So there's whispers. There's whispers. <laughs> I could hear the whispering. I wasn't ignorant. Still. I couldn't believe my best friend would betray me like that. I decided it was time to pay him a visit. So that brings us back to December 2nd, 1986. They come back from their trip, and Richard shows up at Butch's house. Well, Richard has caught wind. And he shows up with a 22 pistol. I say these things like I know what a 22 pistol is. I have no idea. It is. Is 22 mean the inches? Is that how big? Twenty-two the... inches. I have no idea. Like, oh, like someone would be like, yeah, he had a thirty Glock. But I mean, I don't know. Like a shotgun is just a, well, that's a gun I know. that's shot. Yeah, I know. Well, that's like a rifle, like a shotgun, like that. I don't know. 
But I, anyway, whoever knows what a 22 pistol is, that's what he had. Yeah, so Richard rings that doorbell and Butch is like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Here we go. And they see each other. Butch is scared because he doesn't know that Richard is concealing a gun. Yep. And Richard is like, where is Candy? And Butch Well, is- before that, he was like, yeah, I'm here to collect some money you owe me. Right. And also... Where is Candy? And Butch is like, uh, I don't know. But then Richard, little sneaky snake silly goose, sees Candy's cigarettes on the table. And he's like, I thought she was at her parents' house. And those are her capris right yeah. over there. <laughs> Remember capris? Yeah. They're like, the, yeah. My grandmother smoked capris and they were so fucking long and so skinny. And I used to think she looked so chic. Like Cruella de Vil with those long, yeah. (laughs) Why the puppies? (laughs) With that long ass cigarette everywhere. And the police officer says, That's when the situation turned bad. I was like, Uh, my man. It's been bad for a while. I think we've been bad for a moment. (laughs) I think it was a couple minutes ago we got bad. So Richard busts through the house and he goes into the house looking for candy. And he comes up to a bedroom door that is closed and he goes to open it and it's locked and he is banging on this door and he's like, Candy, I know you're in there. Come out. And she's like, I'm not coming out of here. And they just fight back and forth and he breaks down the door. Yeah. Only to find candy with a shotgun pointed at him. Yeah, but he... Gets to his gun faster because he shoots a gun and shoots Candy twice. Once in the chest, once in the abdomen. And that's when Butch comes running, tackles him to the ground, and they are fighting, wrestling. And, I mean, remember, like, Butch does karate. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's... And Richard's a big guy. A big guy. And Richard has a gun, and the gun went off. The gun did go off, and it shot Butch twice. Once in the head, once in the neck, and it killed him. Sadly. However, Candy was still alive and she was struggling and she was like, don't worry about him. Come and take care of me. Come get me to the hospital. And so Richard does. Richard scoops her up. This is this is really gross. Yeah. Because obviously he killed his best friend. That's awful. But before he takes Candy out of the house, he lets Candy get a good look at Butch and says, On the way out the door, I made her look at Butch lying dead on the floor. I said, look at what you did. Look at what you did. Disgusting. That kind of emotional manipulation. Abuse. Abuse. And I feel like, I mean, this happens a lot, but I I feel like we're not getting the whole story in terms of Richard's abuse because, spoiler alert, Richard is still alive. I don't know if he had any part in this story or told any part of this story, but I do feel like there was some DV involved in this relationship because that's awful. That is Awful. And it's also a, like a form of humiliation, mm-hmm. you know, to like, oh, you thought you were going to be in love and have a new life. And look, I I ended it. Yeah, It's it's dark. It's, it's really, really dark. dark. Yeah. You know, the police th- that had arrived at the scene to find Butch, they got a call about a person who was at the hospital involved in a shooting. And so they're like, well, I think we can put two and two together. And they ended up going down to the hospital and they pulled Richard aside and interviewed him. And Richard was like. I told the police I didn't mean to shoot him. We were just struggling for the gun, and it went off accidentally. He was all an accident. Yeah. And they go and they see how we started this was we see Butch laying there with a shotgun, and it 
was put on him as if to say that something else happened. That was placed there by Richard. Yeah, he'd gone back later. He had gone back, made it look like something else happened that didn't. And the cops were like, you know, they're not stupid. They're like, this looks planted. Tell us what actually happened. Yeah. So he sticks to his story that it is a accident. However, here's the twist. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. So he was charged with murder and attempted murder, but the attempted murder charges got dropped because... Technically, Candy was still married to Richard, and you cannot force a wife to testify against her husband, and she refused to. So they dropped those charges. But he was charged with murder, found guilty, and sentenced to 10 years in prison. He wasn't charged with murder. He was charged with manslaughter. What's the difference? Manslaughter is an accident. Murder is murder. Manslaughter is like if you kill someone in a car. Manslaughter. That's why he only got 10 years. He was not charged with murder. Wow, you learn something every day. From me, mostly. Yeah. But also, you skipped over the most jaw-dropping part of this. What? Candy reconciled with Richard. Well, I think that she felt like she had to. Like absolutely. She, it yeah, was absolutely endangered. from Endan- danger and fear and nothing to do with romance and love. But I no. do feel like she feared for her life and she reconciled with him. I'm yeah. sure to protect herself because she, that's why I feel like there's a whole section of oh, a yeah. whole DV aspect of this story that we are not getting the the full picture of. So yeah, he went to jail for 10 years, but guess how many he served? Everyone guess out loud in your cars and your kitchens. I'll tell you, seven. Seven years. Wow. And, but Candy divorced him while he was in jail. Thank goodness. Yeah. I think I found Candy on Facebook. I'm not sure. I'll let you all know. But it does seem like Richard Terry is still alive. And down bitch sister Donna says, If I could say one thing to Richard today... It would be, I have never forgave you and probably never will. I agree. Down bitch, Sister Donna, I am with you. You do not owe anybody your forgiveness that has hurt someone that you love. You don't owe anyone your forgiveness if they cut in line at the Piggly Wiggly. It's true. I don't Also, probably Butch saw, I'm guessing, that Butch was like, wow, Richard is a monster. Like, Richard is not the person I thought Mm -hmm. he was, and I didn't know he was capable of that. So Butch was probably like deuces anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then at the end, we see friend Doug break down a little bit yeah, at losing Butch. And then Foghorn Leghorn says something. I don't I don't know what I'm sure it was meaningful and heartfelt. I don't know what it was though. But this is just so sad. The I hate waste. I know. And again, it's just it's ego. Yeah. It's ego. It's anger. It's la- it's not being therapized. Yeah, Richard had some mental health issues that went untreated. Yeah. It does appear to me that Candy did get remarried, so obviously I wish her well. And everybody, call your therapist. Call your therapist. What a senseless, senseless story. And um, say something funny. I learned something today. Mm-hmm. Do you think if we ever become super famous people, we can hire your mother as our as our bodyguard? Touch them! Hi-ya! <laughs> What's our new theme music? Oh boy! That was something like the 
car wash. Becca's going to be like, you guys can't just keep singing 70s disco tunes at the end of your show. Yeah, I know. Wait, what's our new theme song? Makes me that much stronger. Makes me a little bit harder. Or Becca's like, do you know what your, you don't know your new theme song? I'm like, yes, of course we do. It's, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. We're going to have to pay royalties to someone at some point. You all, thank you so much for joining us on I Think Not. And I actually liked I Killed My BFF. I mean, it's a sad ending, but I actually like the show. It is sad. And I hope Sister Donna and ex-wife Candy, if you're out there, like, I hope you're okay. I'm sending love to you. So please, if you are enjoying your time with us, please follow us on social media. We are on all platforms at I Think Not Pod. We are making TikToks for you right and left, so please make sure to connect with us there. And as always, you can connect with us on our Facebook group. That's where we put all of our announcements and all of our non sense and you can find us at the I Think Not Pod discussion group. And if you're anybody other than Misty456 or Elizabeth Taylor, go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'd love to hear from you, except if your name is Misty456 or Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor left us a review. Elizabeth Taylor came back from the grave and was like, (laughs) and one more thing. You all are horrible. It's fine. We have our new listeners, Amy and Eric, and we love you. We love all of our down bitches yeah, we and if do. you are having a good time please join us on the patreon that is where we have so much fun we do whatever it is you want you vote on the shows you tell us what to do we don't even like making decisions so we Not love anymore. that but we love you so much we and love you. by the time you hear this we'll probably be back from the second leg of our tour we can't wait to tour again and see more of you across these great states and I love you down bitches I love you yelling Mars I love you Joey it is okay i wasn't show i wasn't show i wasn't show yeah Yeah. you can't you can't you can't it's front page news when a squirrels fall out of a (laughs) 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 what was he bent why was he benching 500 pounds i don't know i don't know that's what happened really strong he's a strong man that's the rule that's the guy code Look it up. Google it. I have it. And so, um, okay. So now we meet a woman named Donna. Did you see how I didn't interrupt you right there? Yes, I did. Okay, I'm very it. proud of I, you. I, I, you I, I know. I know. If I even look like I'm going to sneeze. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and Travis Schultz. <laughs>